Welcome to The Friendship Paradox, a podcast about friendship, personalities, and everything in between. I'm Brianna. I'm an extrovert, an Enneagram 2, and an acts of service kind of girl. And I'm Stephanie. I'm an introvert, an Enneagram 9, and a words of affirmation kind of girl. We are not personality experts. We're just two besties who love talking about personalities and want to share that with the world. Join us this season as we get back to our roots and discuss a few more personality frameworks that we missed our first time around. That's right, friends. It's superficial deep dive time. Superficial deep dive. Hey, Bree. Hi, Steffi. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 1 of The Friendship Paradox. Can you believe it? No. No, I cannot. But here we are. We are here. This season, we're taking things back to our roots and discussing personality frameworks. If you can believe it, we have so many more personality frameworks to talk about. I wonder how many there are. I was looking up because I was like, are there more I can add to this season? (laughs) Which there probably are some we'll miss and we can go back to them at some point. In fact, people, if you want to tell us which ones we missed that you'd like to hear about, please let us know. Please (laughs) slide into our DMs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Today's episode will cover the big five personality framework, which I'm excited to talk about. We'll go through what exactly the big five is, what each personality trait means, And then we'll talk about our scores because we recently took the test and I'm excited to learn how we are the same or different. It's wild. Okay. I don't know what that, is it wild? I'm not, I'm going to wait because I didn't see what your scores are. So I'm going to just be surprised if that wild means we're so similar or we're so different. Hmm. Hmm. Intrigue. You're going to have to keep listening, guys. Oops. Sorry, (laughs) not sorry. But first, before we dive into all of that, it's time for some life updates. We have not podcasted together in quite a while. So what has been going on in your world, Bree? The newest thing in my world is that producer Sean got a new job. He's not just our producer, Sean, anymore. He's not just our producer, Sean, and he's not head brewer, Sean, anymore. Yay. He has left the brewing industry, and he's now working in a tech support role. I am so happy for him. Me too. He worked so hard. He did school full-time and work full-time for two years. No, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Going back to school is not for the faint of heart or the weak of mind and spirit. It was a lot of work. And he worked full-time, he did school full-time, and he earned his associate's degree in cybersecurity. And so now we're really, really excited that he has his foot in the door to start his new career. Yay, Sean. We're so proud. That's really exciting, yeah. My sister-in-law is also, I don't think she's doing school full-time. But she has been going, taking some classes, 
going back to school and I don't know how people do it now. I don't know either. I really don't. I I think I would be a terrible student. Yeah. Yeah. I well, no thanks. Yeah. But I'm glad it all worked out for him and he got his degree and now he's got a big boy job and yeah. who knows where he goes from here. And with the heat index being what it's been lately here in Florida, he is so grateful to have an indoor air-conditioned <laughs> office job yeah. versus an outdoor non-air-conditioned brewery job. Wow, I guess I never thought about like that, that like... It's an outside job. Yeah. Ugh. In the summertime months, he used to bring two shirts because he would sweat through. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And really like gross. my phone keeps telling me like excessive heat warning. And I'm yeah. like, oh, no, thank you. Yeah. Titan has really hated it because I keep cutting his walk short. Oh, I don't buddy. want him out there yeah. longer than 15 minutes. It is so. It's so hot. Yeah. Not to like harp on the thing that we all know, because summer, Florida, hot, global warming, climate change, we all know this mm-hmm. is happening, but it really does impact our, our everyday lives. Anyway, he was really thrilled. And the other day on his lunch break, he did have to go to Ross and buy a like a zip up little jacket thing because he was so cold. <laughs> He's like, and I'm not like, used to this. <laughs> and I was like, welcome to working a corporate job where they keep the thermometer at igloo status all yes. day and all night. Mm-hmm. Yes, Titan is making his way over to a dog bed. He's like, mm, I think a dog bed would be comfortable than the hard floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so both the dogs are in here with us today, but I think they're now both settled in for their 17th nap of the day. Yes, <laughs> as they need. It's hard being a dog. There's a yeah. lot happening. Especially dogs as beautiful as this, they need a lot of beauty rest. <laughs> All right, so that's what's new in my world. Would you like to inform me what's new in yours? I would love to. So my life update is that I went for a LASIK consultation. Yay, yes. That's one of the best things I ever did for myself. That's like everyone I talk to who has gotten LASIK, that's what they say. So I was having FOMO because you got LASIK. Our friend Michaela got LASIK and then other people I knew got LASIK and it was like such an easy experience for them. And I had a friend who got LASIK, but a different version of it. And it was a really difficult experience. Like she's still going through it. So I wanted to just find out, am I a candidate for LASIK? And if so, is it like the traditional like three day turnaround sort of I don't really know what to turn around, but like much easier than the other version of LASIK. And the good news is that thanks to my exceptionally thick corneas, I am a prime candidate for traditional LASIK. Yay! I'm so happy for you. The The moment when I realized just how like impactful and important the procedure was was the very next morning when I woke up and I could read the time on the cable box across the room from me without putting my glasses on. And that was my first like, oh shit moment with it. Like that was like just waking up and being able to read the time. Yep. Yeah. That and like 
a friend said like being able to like be in the shower and read the shampoo bottles and I'm like yes I get in the shower and I'm completely blind so it's like I hope I pick up the shampoo not the like thankfully my shampoo and my conditioner bottles are very different but like (laughs) it would be nice to be able to be like fully to be able to fully see when I'm doing things without my glasses like waking up and taking a shower yeah, and you like to take daily walks outside, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things, I mean, my dad had LASIK 15, 20 years ago at this point, a long time ago. The procedure has come a long way since my parents had it done. But when I scheduled myself a few years ago to do it, his thing that he called out to me was he could tell the outline of individual leaves on trees. Oh, And that was his nice. moment. I'm really excited to hear what your moment is when you get it done in a couple months from now. <laughs> I hope it's that like whenever I'm driving at night, I don't just see Starburst for every car because that's yeah. what the experience is for me now. And it's just it makes driving at night like so hard and I just never want to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm I just... had astigmatism also. And that's yeah. a that's a symptom of astigmatism. Yeah. That starbursting immediately after you still have that Mm -hmm. but it's because your eyes are healing yeah once the healing process is done that goes away and it's like oh wow yeah (laughs) yeah i can see at night like that that stoplight it's a circle yeah (laughs) yeah wait a minute this the stoplights have changed (laughs) anyway (laughs) i am hoping to do lasik in the next few months and i will report back when it happens I can't wait. I can't wait for that update. Yay. All right. Let us get into the topic of the episode, which is the Big Five Personality Framework. Now, first, I want to give you all a quick rundown on how the Big Five came about and how it's used. So the Big Five states that there are five basic dimensions of personality. And you can remember them with the ocean mnemonic. Openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Many psychologists believe in this trait theory of personality, but nobody has really been able to pin down how many traits there are. So for example, one psychologist thought there were about 4,000 different core personality traits, which is a lot. Of personality traits. So the idea of just having five core personality traits has been widely researched and many psychologists today believe that these five traits are what exist within us. Now I want all of us to remember when it comes to personality, a lot of our personality traits represent a range of extremes. So when you're thinking about like extroversion or introversion, like that personality trait, the extreme is like the extreme extrovert to the extreme introvert. But many of us fall somewhere on a continuum. A lot of us are in the middle. So you have some extrovert traits, some introvert traits. You just, there's one that feels a little more stronger than the other. So These personality traits, from what psychologists have researched, are remarkably universal and people in all different cultures can relate to them. 
It's because of this universality that many researchers believe that these personality traits have biological origins, as in there could be an evolutionary reason why these core traits have influenced our social landscape. That's really Really interesting. I like that theory. That's the first time I've really heard that in any of these like Mm -hmm. personality frameworks that we've researched on. Yeah, they were taught like the website I referenced was talking about like just how they would go to all of these different cultures and places and listen and look and learn about like how people did things and just it really seemed very universal and it was kind of like okay so this is not just an American version of personality it's happening all over the world okay so these personality traits can also be influenced by nature and nurture which means that they can change as we age For example, people often become less extroverted and less open to new experiences as they age. Alternatively, agreeableness and conscientiousness increases as we age. You mean to tell me people don't stay the same from the day they're born to the the day they die? They don't change? I know. Is that crazy? What? I know. Yeah. It's insane. Like, as we grow up and we learn more about the world and we see more people and learn how other people do things we become more conscientious so no so you mean to tell me everyone is on a spectrum i am yeah cool <laughs> glad we're on the same page because that's how it is people that is all right now i want us to go through each of the five personality types and our dear breber will start us off Yes, I will. So I'm going to start off with the first half of Ocean. So we'll start with O, openness. So when I first saw openness, I was like, oh my God, is this like a person's propensity to like divulge their deepest, darkest secrets to whoever's (laughs) around them? The answer is no. Openness does not refer to like a filter when it comes to sharing personal details and information. That's it. Like this is not like a TMI thing. Like are you more likely to share too much or not. This trait refers to one's willingness to be open to new experiences or new ideas. So it's all about the propensity for thinking like a little bit more abstractly. So those of us who score high in openness, you might describe them as creative, adventurous, or intellectual. And these type of people typically enjoy playing with new ideas, discovering new things. And those of us who score low, you might use words like practical, traditional, people who like to focus on the concrete, people who like to avoid the unknown, and like to follow convention or tradition. Like, you score pretty low in openness if that's that's what you score, because we are all different. So there's the O. Next, we have the C, and that's conscientiousness. This trait is associated with frontal lobe activity, and the frontal lobe is the part of the brain that's responsible for executive function, aka impulse control. So conscientiousness is used to describe the level of goal orientation and persistence. So can you stay the course for a goal that you're set? 
setting for yourself or are you easily distracted by shiny internet things? <laughs> so those who score high are very determined and they're often well organized and they are willing to forego instant gratification in favor of achieving like longer term goals. Those of us who score low, you might describe them as impulsive or easily sidetracked. Okay, next is the personality trait that I am. <laughs> e is extroversion. So this trait is linked to dopamine activity. This is the chemical neurotransmitter that's responsible for feeling reward in the brain. So extroverts have more dopamine and introverts have less. The extrovert trait describes one's inclination to seek stimulation from outside sources, particularly, particularly, that's another word that's hard to say. Particularly personality frameworks. Yes. Say that five times fast. No, thank you. <laughs> okay, so particularly in the form of attention from other people. So those of us who score high, actively engage with other people to earn and feel power, status, friendship, excitement, and romance. Those of us who score low are more likely to conserve their energy and do not work as hard to earn these social rewards. That does not mean they don't do those things. They just don't work hard at it. Like, it's not their goal. <laughs> I love that idea. Like, that's how I'm going to describe myself for, for now on. I just don't work as hard to be social. <laughs> There you go. That's it. All right. So I covered the first half of the ocean. You want to wrap us up? Yes, ma'am. Let's do it. So next we have agreeableness. This personality traits includes attributes like trust, kindness, affection, altruism. So if you score high on agreeableness. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I thought I didn't include those who score low. So I was like. I like pulled it up. I was oh. like, oh God, I got a new <laughs> I, nah, I fashioned mine after you, girl. You set the tone. Uh, I set that down. Okay. <laughs> Those who score high on agreeableness, they are interested in the well-being of others. They often will feel empathy and concern for other people. They like helping people. They are concerned about the happiness of other people. AKA, it is an Enneagram too. <laughs> Those who score low, they don't tend to care about how other people feel. They can be manipulative and belittling and have little interest in other people's problems. And then their last personality trait is neuroticism. This personality trait includes such attributes as sadness, moodiness, and emotional instability. So those who score high on neuroticism experience a lot of stress, anxiety, and worry. They can get upset easily and be moody and struggle to bounce back after a stressful event. And I'm very angry at this thing for describing me so well. Not cool. <laughs> those who score low on neuroticism are emotionally stable, handle stress well, rarely feel sad or depressed and they're relaxed and they don't worry a lot. What is that like? I would say I'd like to know, but I happen to be in a very healthy place now between medication and talk therapy and regularly exercising. And here's where 
nature versus nurture comes in because mm-hmm. a lot of nurturing has happened to myself. I have you nurtured yourself. I put in a lot of work. And here's that we're on a spectrum and we're meant to change. I think two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, my neuroticism score would have been a lot higher than it is today. Yeah. So that just goes to show you that humans are not static. Well, yeah, it's funny you say that because that's kind of what I said when I about my score for neuroticism because I scored I took this test like many years ago and I scored off the charts I think it was somewhere in the 90s for neuroticism and I got a much lower score this time around because your girl is taking care of her mental health now yeah girl pound it pound it oh yeah (laughs) okay so speaking of results we're on to the fun part of the episode, although all of this has been fun, but <laughs> we are going to talk about our scores. So we're going to go through each different trait and talk about the percentage we got when we took the test. So for openness, I scored an 83%, which means I'm highly creative and open to new experiences. What is your score? I scored much lower than you. I am truly in the in the middle here. I scored a 56%. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think my career yeah. might have had some influence I was on that because that. I'm not in as creative a position as I used to be. Yeah. Like you're in a much more like stats-driven analytical role. And yes. that's probably like... I was in a stats-driven yeah. analytical, mathematical, mm-hmm. advertising, yeah. <laughs> money-spending role for a very long time and the role I'm in right now which I think will come through a lot in a lot of these personality tests I'm in a like client success like a customer service type of role and a project management type of role so creativity doesn't play as much of a role in my life right now really but then also I don't, I'm not really one who like thinks very outside the box. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wish yeah. I was, but that's, that's not me. I like following process and I I'm open to an extent. And I think that's why I scored kind of in the middle. Like, right. I'll try like, something new. Right. I, like activities wise. I love to try new things. Mm-hmm. It's gotten me in trouble though. So I think <laughs> maybe I'm a little more reserved. Right. I think that's. That 56 means, like, you are open. Like, you scored above. So you're not, like, in the section of people who are, like, very traditional and want things. Like, you're open to the idea of new things. Mm -hmm. But it probably comes through more in, like, your personal life than your professional life, I would assume. Yeah. So, exactly. And that's the point. Like, I'm, like, kind of in the middle, slightly leaning toward more open. Yeah. I love it. So, conscientiousness, what was your score for that? I scored an 83%. That's the same as mine. That made me cackle out loud. <laughs> because the, like, when I was reading through conscientiousness and, like, what it means, I was like, Stephanie and I are literally both type A's. We plan out everything. Yeah. We are super structured. When we set a goal for ourselves, we work really hard to attain it. Yeah. Like, we're 
we're we're we're go-getters yes exactly so i was not at all surprised when i saw that we both scored very high in that category yes yeah that one was i was expecting to score high in a category that's like detail-oriented organized and all of that stuff like yep yep that's me this next one is fun. I okay. was rolling. This is the part where I said things got wild. <laughs> so extroversion, I scored a 6%. <laughs> so I'm like an extreme introvert. And I scored oh, 100%. <laughs> So we are like extremes. That's so funny. I I knew you were going to have this reaction because when I saw it, when I was entering my scores in, I was like, oh my God. Oh man. That just shows that we are perfect for this podcast because we have an extreme extrovert and extreme introvert. Like truly. And I mean, I do. I like getting attention from other people i like being around other people i like engaging with other people i i like like who am i if not everyone's best friend like that is like everything to me being around people operating and functioning for people i i'm not surprised at all no no and that's why you have a job where you have so many meetings that I would have like quit on the spot you she showed me so for the listeners last week she showed me one of her days full of meetings and I died I literally died and I came back to life but I was just like that I could not I could not function with that many meetings in a day I have co-workers who have it worse yeah yeah so that's how like some of my like co-workers and some of the other managers are and I'm like oh I hope that's not where I'm leading to (laughs) maybe I am and I'll just have to get used to it (laughs) okay on to agreeableness what was your score I had another high score here I had another 83 percent that's so interesting I was surprised that I got 60 percent I was like oh my god Am I less altruistic than I think I am? I think there was a lot of, like, I can be very judgmental about things. And, like, I don't, like, give to charity as much as, like, I want to. And I just, I don't know why I scored so low. But it's something for me to just think about. Yeah. And And for what it's worth, you didn't score that low. You scored 60%. That's true. My yeah. openness score yeah. was a 56%. And I'm not a closed-minded individual. Right. Like yeah. You wouldn't I guess use I that to, to describe me. Exactly. So I guess I just want to be like, no, I am a super agreeable person that loves everyone. But that's your 60%. non-confrontational nine coming out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And the last one was neuroticism. And this is the one where we were both talking. We scored lower than we used to. I do believe I was in the 90s at one point. And this time around, I scored a 79%. Good job, Stephanie. That's yeah. a lot of improvement. That's improvement. Like, it's still very high. Yeah. But I expect it to be high because I have an anxiety disorder. 
and I'm just somebody who worries a lot. Brie got to see this firsthand before we started recording when I didn't hear from my mom for like two hours. And I was like, well, she's must be dead. And Brie was like, maybe she's taking a nap. And I said, absolutely not. Stop being logical. And she was taking a nap. So I will be transitioning careers to a clairvoyant. (laughs) I love it. Especially for us anxious people. Yeah. (laughs) Like, trust me. This is exactly what she's doing. I can see into her Mm -hmm. brain. Yeah. (laughs) What was your neuroticism score? It was a 58%. Wow. Yeah. And like I said, like, I, because I too have an anxiety disorder that I was diagnosed with at age 12. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So lots of years of practice, (laughs) as one says, but like. I'm in a really great, stable place now, and I feel very grateful that I get to say that. Wasn't without its trials and triumphs, though. So anyway, I think that's just, you know, a testament to the fact that people can change. Yeah. Maybe certain things fundamentally not, like murderers will always be sociopaths. <laughs> like, I'm not talking about, like, the anomalies of our world, but right. like... People can change. Yeah. Um, yeah that's what can. these personality frameworks, I think, frankly, really do highlight, especially if you take them every few years. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this one would be interesting to do in, you know, another five years, see where I'm scoring like on some of these, because they do say like you do get less open when as you get older and you do get more agreeable as you get older. But also, like, the work we're doing to, on our mental health, to just take those worries we have and, like, be more logical about them. Be interested to see how we continue to improve and become more stable. (laughs) And hang out more toward the middle. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right. So, Bree, do you have a tip for our listeners? I do. And it involves the word tip. Oh, I love it. So if your score is tipping the scales. Wow. I love that. Like some of mine are. If your scores are tipping the scales, it means that you have room for personal growth and exploration. I think that's a good thing. So my tip is if you're scoring really high or really low, don't fret. Doesn't mean anything bad. Doesn't mean anything good. That's just where you are right now, and you can explore that. Yeah, I think my tip is kind of in the same family, because I just want us all to use this time to remember that this is just a personality framework, and it needs to be used as a tool. It's not meant to put you in a box, but to help you learn about your motivations, your core desires, the way you do the things you do. So, like, if you're like me and you scored very low as an extrovert, like, that doesn't mean you get to cancel all of your plans now and just be alone. Like, I still strive to live my best extrovert life when I can, because I think that's important to expose myself to new experience, new people, new things, 
not I don't want to use my introversion and I also have social anxiety so I don't want to use any of those as like a reason not to do things and just like this don't let your extroversion being like well I'm a hundred percent an extrovert like I need to have plans every day no you also need your alone time so just if you do take this personality test, consider the answers you get as a way to be curious about yourself and your personality. What did you learn about yourself through your answers and how can you use it to better yourself? Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Now for obsessions. Brie, what are you obsessed with right now? We finally have season three of Only Murders we in the do. Building. So my current obsession is Only Murders in the Building season three. We watched the first two episodes last week when they dropped. I'm obsessed. First of all, Meryl Streep. Can you even? No. No, I cannot. And also, I freaking love Paul Rudd. When... I don't know if this can be a spoiler. So if it is, you can just fast forward like a couple of minutes. But like when I saw him at the end of season two getting murdered and I was just like, we are going to have Paul Rudd in season three. What? Amazing. Yeah. So, so good. And also we have our favorite trio back. I love them so much. Steve Martin, Martin Short and Selena Gomez. Can I invite them to my birthday party? Would yes. they come? Yes. Oh, of course. Make sure there's a murder. <laughs> so we do have to figure out who we're going to murder. Well, we already did a murder mystery party this year. So. Well, it's going to be a real murder this time. What? Yeah. We're who gonna are we going to kill? I have no idea. Okay. We'll figure that out. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Stephanie and I are the murderers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Super so happy it's back. There's very few shows that I feel have strong feelings on. So I'm just I'm glad to see them back. I know. I think I'm going to wait till they're all released to watch it because I can't I'm not in this like waiting game anymore. Can't do it. Remember when we used to do that for every show every I know. Week? Well, I'm watching one of my obsessions coming I'm watching, but like I have a show that I'm watching in real time and it's doing that. And I'm just like, it ended on a cliffhanger. And I was just like, what the heck? I cannot live in a cliffhanger world unless I get to watch the next episode immediately. That was the problem with Ted Lasso, too. I think yeah. it was also released episode by episode. That was tough. Yeah. Cannot. <laughs> well, you, you can. It's I can. just we're so trained to have things yeah. <laughs> on demand when we want it. Yep. For sure. With memories like goldfish. <laughs> and attention spans like goldfish. Yeah, that's very true. Yes. I speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And I can't even handle the truth. There's really a lot of references going on in this episode. <laughs> I will be including precisely zero of them in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> what are you obsessed with right now? You said, like, a, a, I, clearly it's a cereal. Yes. Yeah, so right now I am obsessed with Big Brother. 
it's a reality TV show that puts like 17 or so house guests in a, or people, they're called house guests, in a very nice house, locked away from everyone, don't have phones, don't have anything to read, don't have movies or TV shows, nothing. They get to just hang out with each other for, this season is 100 days long. Whoa. And every week they evict someone from the house. So it's a very like social strategy game. The kind of game I would never be able to play. I just, the fact that I would not be able to bring books and just read all the time and have to be around people all the time. No, thank you. But I love it. It's fun. I follow so many podcasts and blogs and Reddit forums <laughs> following along. So it just like kind of a, takes over my life for the three months it's on. And I love it. So that is what I'm obsessed with right now. So Big Brother, I used to watch it with my dad. Oh, really? And so I decided to just look up when the original release date was, when they mm-hmm. did the first season yeah it was in 2000 yeah they are they have done 25 seasons in 23 years yep that is shocking to me and that's not including the spinoffs like celebrity big brother and Mm -hmm. stuff like that like whoa yeah it's it's crazy it is fun to like see the older episodes and be like oh things were so different (laughs) like the house looked terrible because it's just like you know an early 2000s and now they're having like contestants who were born after the show started like this year they have somebody on who's 21 so he was born after the show started does it still have the same host that lady julie Chen Moonves. Yes. Yes. She's, she's still doing it. She's still doing it. I wonder how much money she makes. Boatloads. So much money. And she's only on the show for one. They have three episodes a week. So it's like such a kind time commitment. And she's only on like the Thursday night eviction episode. So she was only on once. But she gets paid so much money for that. That's insane. Yeah. Do they still have, like, the live feed cameras and stuff? Mm-hmm. Do you watch yep. them ever? I watch them every now and then, but I'm never watching them at a time where anything exciting is happening. So I rely on the live feed updates that are given by the man I have the biggest crush on, Taryn Armstrong. <laughs> I just adore him. He's amazing. He watches them nonstop so that he can provide podcast updates for us every day. There's like, a podcast that goes along with the show, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. What a franchise. I know. And, like, somebody who just is interested in the show has created a full career out of it, which is really cool to me. Like, people are just creating careers out of, like, talking about reality TV, which I just... Awesome. Anyway, that is what I'm obsessed with. And uh, yeah, that is our episode for the week. Wow. We did it. It went by so fast. That's what happens when you're having fun. For sure. 
If you are loving this show, and we hope you are, please do us the biggest big favor. Favor? Favor. Favor. Yeah. And leave a five-star rating and review. We really appreciate the reviews that some of you lovely people have already left for us. They make our hearts grow three sizes. Just like the Grinch. Yes. That one I'll put. (laughs) (laughs) You can also follow us on Instagram at The Friendship Paradox and tell a friend about the show. Okay, that's all. Wow. I'm Stephanie. I'm Bree. Thanks for hanging out with The Friendship Paradox. Bye-bye.